0: Boom! There it is, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know about you guys, but I heard that real estate is one of those types of investments that can take your financial freedom to a whole nother level, especially when you're talking about passive stuff. But who you work with matters. And if you're interested in learning a little bit more about real estate investing, this one's for you. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom, That's what I'm talking about. Look, ladies and gents, there are plenty of would-be real estate investors out there who would love to start, but just don't know how. They're, uh, they worry about risks, the management, the research, etc. cetera. And that's where Black Swan Real Estate comes in. They love to bring people together and properties, uh, people and properties together, thus providing tremendous value for all those involved. They pride themselves in their property management by providing an amazing customer service experience and creating raving fans as a result. Now, I can't wait to hear all about their business. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Nick Stagebag. all right nick welcome to the program man
1: man that's a a heck of an introduction i I feel like it uh it's all it's all downhill from here that was a that was a hell of an intro man i appreciate it
0: man it's fun dude if it's like anything else when i when i popped over to your website it looks like you guys love what you do right if you get up every day and you love what you do it almost doesn't really matter how much money you make because you love what you do you're waking up having a good time right amen but But we are talking real estate investing. So there is going to be some ROI involved. Uh, I want to start off with with you. How did you guys get into this space? I'm always curious how real estate people start. Sometimes it's, I got family and it was kind of, you know, the next step. And other people, it's like, I kind of stumbled upon it. I bought my first house. I liked it. What's your story? Yeah,
1: so... Uh, I did a whole career in technology. I have a, a bachelor's degree in computer science and a bachelor's degree in ministry. I did a couple of successful uh, tech startups after after doing school, and then uh, all, you know kind of all, all along the way on the side, I, I built a, a real estate portfolio. I did this, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of internet research and just said, what's the best best thing to invest in? Uh, um, you know, what do you what do you do to? Um, to to put away those winnings, so you don't end up like someone who wins the lottery and they're you know bankrupt the next year or something like that. When you uh, uh, you you have a successful business and you know you're, you're you're looking to to put that money to work for you all my research said to invest in real estate uh, It's just a, a safe place to put money and, uh, and due to the, the tax advantages as well. So, um, you know, I believe in uh, uh, kind of doing everything myself, at least once having that kind of core competence. So uh, bought, uh, you know, a, a home for $35,000. Uh, there was a uh, uh, a lot of work that needed to be done on that home, as you can imagine, for that kind of purchase price. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Elaine, who you know she's she's built this business with me every step of the way. Uh, it was you know a freezing cold winter, and we were laying ceramic tile in that house, uh, you know, painting it, uh, just just figuring out on YouTube how to how to renovate a house on our own, and then uh, then we uh, refinanced that house to get our money back out, rented it, you know, rented out to a, a tenant, and then just did it over and over again. Uh, these days, that's called like the the Burr business model. Back then, there wasn't really a name for it. But we bought, you know, kind of one house one year, and a couple of houses the next year, and four houses the next year, and eventually, you know, a smaller apartment building, and then a bigger apartment building, and um, and then eventually that just kind of became, you know, our full-time thing. So, uh, you know, I had a whole career in technology. My wife uh, is a, a physician, you know, trained at the Mayo Clinic. We both had, you know, great careers that we. Uh, Really loved and were dedicated to, but um, real estate just turned out to be, um, you know, just a bigger wealth multiplier in an area where we can serve more people. Um, You know, really, it really kind of blew up in a big way when we started working with uh, with investors. Uh, So, all along the way, uh, you know, people would be interested in what we were doing. They'd say, Hey, uh, you know, uh, I, I see you're working on, you know, you're you're clocking in, clocking out at your day job, and then, you know, after work you go to your second job and you're working on a house. Can I come by and check it out? Can I? help you paint the house and you know you can answer questions about real estate like how do I get into this so you know after a while we just uh, started serving investors so you know putting their capital to work in uh, in projects and that's when uh, you know a lot of people really kind of kind of catch fire is uh, when they 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 build that relationship and uh, and that's kind of what what brought us to where we are today you know we've got uh, about a third of a billion in assets under management and uh, you know just building that that whole thing one relationship at a time. But it, it really started with my wife and I, you know, laying ceramic tile and in the middle of a freezing cold winter in a, a $35,000 house that, uh, that that we bought. And that was about 12 years ago that uh, that, that, that adventure started.
0: I, I'm, kind, I'm kind of curious. I mean, that's actually a very slow process to get to uh, like where you're at today. Not everybody who starts off in real estate has the uh wherewithal to kind of keep going right i remember doing my first flip and we did a couple and i was like yeah i think i'm gonna put a stop to this Uh, i was afraid of where the market was gonna be right i mean everybody has their reasons why they go in everybody has their reasons why they exit if you were to start over today um you know you have an investor that's gonna come in and they're saying look i got some cash i want to do some real estate what do I do? What's your advice to a, a new person, especially where the market is today?
1: Yeah, so I would ask them, you know, where where do they want to go? What do they want their end end state to be? And I find there's kind of two two uh, schools of thought or or two goals. Um, one person they want to be an active investor. They they are looking for a new job. And then there's another kind of group of people and they're looking for, for passive income. They, they do not want another job, as it were. And uh, some of the biggest heartbreaks in real estate come about when people uh, mix those two up. They, they go into real estate thinking that they want like a passive income stream and they are uh, self managing you know, rental property and doing their own maintenance and that will burn you out so quick. It's it's unbelievable. Or maybe they uh, they saw an HGTV episode, and they're like, man, it only takes like 22 minutes to flip a house. This is the best thing ever. I mean, I'm sure you, you yourself uh, could, could share some more stories about it is really, really hard work uh, to, to renovate a home. Uh, we've renovated hundreds of homes and it is still really hard you know the the hardest has been in a long time with you know labor and, and and material uh you know supply chain issues being what they are today um so either you really want a new job you want to be an active investor or you want to be a passive investor if you want to be an active investor uh i'd recommend doing some education um if you go to our you know our website meetblackswan.com we have a a course there a hundred percent of the revenue from our course goes to charity and uh it's a a pay what you can model we uh we don't love how there's a million courses out there you can pay five or ten thousand dollars for we give away our whole business model and our course and uh, you know we think that, that our business model makes the world a better place. And uh, if someone were to somehow put us out of business with our own business model, we we think that would be a, a great thing. That'd be like, you know, uh, someone else putting you know Elon Musk out of out of business in electric car business. He'd probably think that was a, that was a success in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so if you're if you're looking to to get on the active track, go get some education, and then you just need to get your hands dirty. Uh, bring value to someone else. Find someone who's a little bit further along you uh, in the path than you, and just say, hey, how can I how can I bring you value? Can I like follow you around for a few days? Can I uh, help you with something that, that you need help with? And very quickly, you're going to you're going to you know figure out if this is something that's a good fit for you or not. A lot of people, I think they kind of get stuck in analysis paralysis They maybe go buy some calculator on a website for $200 and they try to analyze some deals, but they don't. They don't get in the game and they don't get into relationship with someone who's a, a little bit further along than them in that in that process. Years go by, and may, maybe they have never done a deal, but they've spent you know hundreds of hours thinking about being a real estate investor. Right. And then for people that are on the passive track, um, you know, you uh, you said it yourself at the beginning of the of the show there. Um, the the who matters in real estate investing? People think that real estate investing it's about property. But it's not. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's about people, uh, the the tenants that live in that property that that you know pay the rent. If uh, if you're in buy and hold a real estate investment, if you're in flipping, uh, the the person who's selling that home and the person who's buying that home, like those are the only you know variables that matter in that transaction. The the property is just a just a prop that um, you know uh, kind of kind of attracts that ideal. A buyer and and attracts you when when you're buying that property um, so it's it's very much all about people I recommend finding someone to work with uh, you know there's lots of amazing operators out there in real estate syndication private equity funds uh, you can you can partner up with someone else who has done this many times before who has a track record of success um, and and trust your gut like if you find someone that, that you trust that you know is going to put your interests ahead of theirs um, that's that's everything that matters in this business when times are good like Everyone does pretty well, but when times are tough, you know, finding someone that you trust, that you know is going to to put your needs first, that uh, that makes all the difference in the world. So that would be that would be my you know kind of advice to someone who's on the active track and someone who's on the on the passive track. There,
0: we're definitely in uh, heading into some I don't want to say dark times, but a little bit more expensive times when it comes to buying some real estate, especially on the financing side. In the last year, we've seen interest rates. Basically double uh, when it comes to uh, to buying buying property. I think we're somewhere around like the six point two or somewhere around there as far as as buying property is concerned. Where a year ago we were in the threes or or you know low fours. Um, you know when when it comes to real estate investing, I think a lot of a lot of new investors are worried about getting into a market. They don't want to catch a falling knife. Um, yes. You know what advice would you give to somebody who's who's coming in and they're maybe waiting for the bottom, right? Waiting for the perfect opportunity to time the market. How does a seasoned investor go about fluctuating markets like that?
1: Absolutely. So um, it's always a good time to buy. It's it's always a good time to buy. It's just a, a question of knowing what, what season you're in and uh, being, being really careful in, in any season. Um, so, uh, I, I, believe in, in the seasons of life of, uh, spring, summer, fall, and winter, uh, you know, spring is a time of, uh, Planning and planting. Uh, summer is a time of, of hard work. You're 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 tending your crop, and the sun's beating down on you, and and you know your your harvest isn't here yet, and you're you're wondering why am I working so hard, and, and where's my crop? But eventually, if you planted and planned in the spring, and you worked your heart out in the summer, you harvest in the fall, and then you have uh you know uh, a food to, to store up for winter, and you can ski and snowboard. Uh, and if you uh, if you don't plant and plan in the spring and you don't work your heart out in summer. You won't have a harvest in fall and and you might starve to death in winter. Um, and you don't want to plant in fall or in summer. And uh, winter is a, a you know a, a terrible time to get started, but it's a it's a great season to grow. I couldn't tell you if we're in a recession or not. You know, there's a technical definition of a recession and have we met that technical definition of the recession? But I can tell you for sure that, that we're in winter right now. And so for established players that have a lot of dry powder, that they've, they've saved up a lot of capital, uh, now is probably a pretty favorable time to deploy that capital. There's deals out there. Um, you know, I had I had five deals walk in my door yesterday that has not happened to me in a very long time and that's because we're we're in winter and it is uh it's a challenging time to be a seller it's a good time to be a buyer uh, I can't tell you if we're at the bottom of the market everyone's uh you know crystal ball is broken by can tell you that if you stay in the market if you are constantly looking at deals um, that that it's always a good time to buy you just have to be really careful you have to be aware of what season you are in so if this is your if this is your first time this is your first rodeo, I would not go at it alone i, I don't think this is a great time to buy your first deal and to do it on your own. you probably need to find someone who has done this before who is not uh, planting in winter but they are growing in winter uh someone who is Ideally, done this many times before, and uh, has the wherewithal to to make it through that winter. They have stored up that harvest, and uh, that's that's the person you wanna you wanna be staying warm with uh, through the winter there. Um, so, what does that look like? You know, from a very you know practical perspective, you know, for us, we we actually did not purchase uh, any any deal of size. Uh, for the you know the, the first nine months of this year, uh, which is really unusual for us because we're usually buying we were writing a ton of offers. Um, we picked up some you know some single family homes so we're typically buying you know large apartment cup buildings, but prices were really high and we saw that you know the, the pandemic was coming to an end and you don't have to be a rocket scientist or, or economist to, to know that you know when the pandemic ended, uh, you know the the economic policy was going to tighten and interest rates would go up and the uh, you know the market was was probably going to go down or there would be a, a tightening cycle in in the economy and we're we're going to go into a time of winter, so we we did not buy a single a single deal really. Uh, all year until until September this year and then we've purchased uh, we've closed on three deals here in the last three weeks we've got two more we're closing on in the next uh, next couple of weeks we've got two extremely large deals that we're working on right now and we're uh, you know we're in the driver's seat for the first time in a very long time as the buyer we're able to say you know that price made sense you know nine months ago but but today that price does not make sense anymore. We're going to need a price that is, you know, 20% lower than that, or we're going to need to, to come up with some some terms that make this this price make sense for us. Um, so it's, it's all about knowing what season you're in. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of advice out there to just step back. I think that's the worst advice you could possibly you could possibly give because when you're not in the market when you are uh, when your pencils down you're not you're not you're underwriting a deal you're not not doing the math you're not you know looking at properties you're not evaluating is this a good property to buy um, you're not going to know the deal when you find it you're, you're you're you have to look at a lot of bad deals so that the moment you see a good deal you know the opportunity is here and you have to move we had a a 25 million dollar deal that hit our radar here recently. Uh, we had an offer submitted within 48 hours. And with any luck here, we're going to be under contract here in just a couple of days because we knew it was a deal because we had looked at so many not so great deals. But you have to look at the bad deals to know the good deals. And the only way to do that is to stay in the market and and to be a buyer.
0: Now you uh, I I was on your website and I was watching the video. One of the things that I really admired is you match the person with the property, right? And okay. and as you were talking right now, you were you were basically saying, you know, we didn't buy a lot of very single single family homes, but we got some big deals coming around the corner. When it comes to that average investor that comes in, especially if it's their first deal, how is it that you match the single versus maybe like the syndication, right? Buying a single no. family home under management versus contributing sure. to a syndication. How do you kind of determine the difference between the two and how do you align it with that particular buyer?
1: Yeah. So we've got a, a couple different investment opportunities that are open right this second. And you know, you can you can find out more about those at uh at meetblackswan.com. We have um, a, a real estate fund that's open right now we've got it's a 30 million dollar fund we're about 23 23 million away we, we've got uh, seven million left in that one we have a, a technology fund that one's about half full that one's been open for three weeks now uh, so we have we have two opportunities that are open right now and we, we've got a couple other opportunities um, I loved uh, I loved your your episode with uh, Patrick Kilner and you're talking about um, so I, I'm a licensed real estate agent I have a real estate sales team and we're one of the you know top producing teams in, in Keller Williams. And uh, you were talking about your real estate coaching and and how you talk to people who wanted to like automate their way out of uh, the client interactions. Mm-hmm. And can't uh, can't I just make a process where I don't have to talk to my customers? And you're Sorry. like, no, that's not that's <laughs> not how it works. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, I was just I was laughing out loud when I heard that because I I've talked to a lot of agents and I, I've talked to a lot of uh, uh, other people, private equity fund managers and syndicators, and they're like, gosh, well, why can't I just come up with the right portal or email sequence or something so i don't have to talk to my investors anymore and i'm just i just kind of it's a face moment you know no no no. this is uh this is a contact sport like you have to you have to touch people we had a one of our you know uh, VIP investors—they've invested, you know, many millions of dollars with us over the years—and she wanted to just fly out and hang out with us and and shadow us for a day. We're like, yeah, come on out. Um, you know, we uh, we do tons of phone calls uh, right on our on meetblackswan.com. You can block a fifteen-minute appointment with myself or my wife. Uh, we do a ton of those calls every week, and we love to just just connect with people and uh, ask them. You know, the the way I start every single meeting, every single phone call is. What can I do to provide you with value? And and that's my that's a, just a piece of advice I give to anyone on the podcast. One of my mentors, uh, they started that meeting with me. They 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 said, "What can I do to provide you, me in this case, with value?" And I'm like, "That's powerful. That's how I'm starting every single meeting, you know, from from now on." Uh, most people, when they walk into a meeting, they have they have something on their mind. They have their agenda, mm-hmm. and they really need to walk in that meeting with. The other person's agenda. What did you hope to accomplish in this meeting? Um, And you can get a lot done in 15 minutes. We can find out, you know, what are your needs? Are you on that active side? Are you on that passive side? You know, if your goal is, I want to own a, you know, a billion dollar, you know, private equity fund, then, uh, you know, maybe you should, you know, take a look at the course and you could invest in one of our fund vehicles uh, in, you know, to, to kind of learn the the ropes from getting involved that way. Um, But, we're not expecting you to be like a long-term passive investor. If you're trying to trying to do this on your own, and how can we, you know, guide you down that path? So, we love to just connect with people and just to get that one-on-one. You know, if we can do a Zoom call, phone call, whatever it looks like, to just connect with people, to to find out what their goals are. You know, is there a way that we can help them along that journey? If not, no big deal. Uh, today, uh, I had a 15-minute phone call with someone who is another active investor. They were converting a. Church, uh, like a, like a 100 year old church building into an apartment building. And I was just, I love that story. I learned a lot from that call. And then I was able to connect them with someone else who is in the lending business that was a valuable contact for them. There's no, I, I, there's, they're not going to invest in our fund. There's, they might fly out and visit. That'll be kind of fun. Um, there's no, I don't know. It's not, there's nothing to sell. It's just there to, to how can, how can I provide you with value? And then whatever value comes back to us, um, it's just the, the most Serendipitous thing in the world, and it, and it and it happens every day. We can never predict it, so we love to just get in touch with people, and, and amazing things happen.
0: All right, I'm stealing that from you, Nick. I'm going to use it too. What can I do to provide you some value today? I love that. I love right. that because it's absolutely true. I mean, I, you walk into meetings thinking, how, "What am I going to get out of this? Right? Yes. This is my sales call. I got to get yes. this guy closed." Uh, yes. But oftentimes, it doesn't even work on the first call, anyways. You got to figure out how you're going to work with this person, and that's by providing value. You know, you make them feel good. You make that you feel like they feel like you're listening, like they're understood. And all of a sudden they want to do business with you. Like, I I like this guy. This guy's really great. Yeah, let's do something together. I love the way that works. All right, let's talk about some horror stories, man. I I mean, look, when you talk to a lot of these people, 15 minutes can save you not only 15% on auto insurance. It could actually help you with your real estate career or, uh, or at least your investment portfolio. You've talked to some people. What's some of those stories you hear where they're like, man, I was doing this and this is the worst thing that possibly happened to me?
1: Absolutely. So um, we're, we're helping one of our investors right now and uh, they had done a deal with us that was really successful and then they did a deal with another group that, that wasn't so successful and this is a, another piece of advice I'd give, give you out there is whenever you can, step into someone else's failure. Lean into someone else's failure and figure out how you can serve them, because um, nothing fails like success. If if you're a person who's successful, you're probably accumulating weaknesses or, or blind spots that you're not even aware of. And when uh, someone brings you a problem like like lean into that problem, like how can I help you? And you are going to learn so much because. They've probably thought of ways to make mistakes that you never even would have thought of, sure. and uh, and all of a sudden you have this blind spot that's that's gone that you didn't even know that blind spot was there. So in this in this situation, this this investor had done a group with another, uh, done a deal with another group, they gone very poorly. Um, he he was buying a property out of state. He had never seen the property. It was a a mixed use building. There was commercial on the main floor, and then the upper level is apartment units. The one of the apartment units caught fire. And then he bought this building, this, you know, this burnt building uh with a plan to reconstruct it. And this other group, they uh uh, had put together a construction plan. Um, they had a kind of construction budget put together. Um, you know, six months after closing, they finally had gotten their permits. It was a protracted process. And they had finally been able to do some actual work on the, on the property. So the, the contractor, you know, uh, took the, the roof off the building, was getting ready to put the new roof on and then asked for a 50 K advance to, you know, to do the roof. They, they wired him the 50 K and then this, this contractor, you know, just disappeared in the night. Oh,
0: so now sweet. he has
1: a half burnt building on the other side of the country that he's never seen with no roof. This is a rainy climate, by the way. Mm. And. He's missing, you know, 10% of his construction budget from this this contractor that's in the wind, uh, and and that's when I get the call. And it's really easy to hear that story and to just say, oof, man, that's a tough one. You need to figure this out. Uh, and instead, I said, okay, what can I do to provide you with value? And so we we jumped in. We found some some local resources. We evaluated the construction budget. You know, our assessment was the construction budget should have been about 1.1 million. The the construction budget this other group had previously was was 500k. So it just uh. a a woefully inadequate you know construction budget i don't know if uh you know they were doing that to just you know make the sale generate a commission or you know you know i'll never know i always give people the benefit of the doubt so i don't know exactly what led to this you know being in this situation so we uh talked to neighboring parcel owners we uh tried to combine these parcels because the building at this point it seemed worth more to be knocked down worked with 7-eleven tried to put that whole thing together um after six months of negotiations that deal fell apart uh, especially as interest rates have gone up that has a huge impact on like the triple net commercial space we're trying to put together a ground lease uh, after like knocking down these three buildings on these three parcels and finally construction costs have come down a little bit so we're hoping maybe we can get that construction cost down to like 900k and real estate values have gone up a little bit so maybe this investor is less upside down on this on this project. Um, But we're just going to keep finding ways to add value to the deal. You know, he's probably gonna have to bring, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of additional cash to deal that are going to be tough dollars for him to come up with. Um, And at some point, we're going to get to the other side of this deal. And, uh, uh, you know, everything's going to be okay, but it's a it's a a tough journey. I have learned so much from this deal. uh, Because I never would have imagined buying a half-burnt building to try to renovate it and you know and and you're sitting there thinking okay what the heck do I do with this thing it's probably worth more dead than alive hey what if we knock it down what if we try to do a ground lease what you know like you start and and so I have learned so much by trying to serve this this beautiful man who is in this situation. But you know, just a few key takeaways. Like you have to work with someone that you trust um, and, and you have to work with people with a track record of success. Make sure you know who your business partners truly are and, and visit visit the site. Like he, he should have flown out and seen this thing. I think if he saw it in person, he maybe would have had a better understanding of exactly how complex the situation was or maybe how bad the building you know was burnt. Um, I think that there's a lot of blinders that, that you can you know kind of get into um, and then and then finally look at alignment of interest alignment of interest I think that's like the most important thing in any business deal and think about alignment of interest if things go really well and then think about alignment of interest if things go really, really poorly. Uh, so in this case, um, the, the group that he's working with, they got a commission when they sold him the property and then they kind of connected him with the contractor, but then they had really no stake in whether or not the deal was a success, right? So they got their commission check, you know, they of closing and then they're out and it doesn't matter if things go well or don't go so well, you know, their their, their compensation, you know, their incentives are, are total, totally in disalignment there. So the way I set up that deal with him was I said, dude, like I have no idea if I can make a profit here, I don't even know if I can get your money back, but if I can get your money back and I can make a profit here, then I would like to keep that profit after you get your money back and only after you get your money back. So our incentives are totally aligned because I'm sitting here thinking and, and for a split second there, I thought it seemed like maybe we could have made like a couple million dollars by knocking down these properties and selling to 7-Eleven. So I, I had an extreme incentive to get his money back because maybe I could make some money. Um, you know, at some point, hopefully we'll be able to generate you know equity value in this property. In our private equity fund, we have uh, we have no fees whatsoever. We have no acquisition fee. You know, we don't get a you know a a fee at the fund level when we buy or when we sell. Um, 100% of the profit goes to our investors until they've gotten a full return of capital, and then we only get a, a split of the profit once they've gotten their money back. So our incentives are in complete alignment all the time. And a lot of times, I see people get into deals where they're they're compensating people on a fee basis and they think that that's going to create like ownership and really equity is the only thing that kind of aligns incentives and gives people that ownership mentality is going to make people fight, you know, fight for you when times are tough. So that's a, that's a fun horror story that I am actively battling through right now. I've got probably a hundred hours into that deal. I'm probably not going to make any money at it, but man, I have learned a lot. I'm so glad I've had a chance to, to serve this other, this other human being. And uh, I'm sure great things will eventually come about as a result
0: of my work on this. I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> you truly are a black swan. I mean, for for you to be able to take this on and, and structure the deal the way you did, I mean, <clears throat> that's absolutely important. Aligning yourself with the investors so that it, it's mutually beneficial. That is so cool. And you're right. You, it, it's possible you might not make any money off that particular deal, but the quality of service that you're providing this person, you're making, you're, you're literally trying to make this person whole, right? Yeah. I mean, if, uh, if it wasn't for that, they literally bought a house roof free. Right? I mean, that's, that's what they ended up doing, buying a place roof free. And you're over here trying to solve that problem. That's how you get your name out there. This is where the referrals come in. This is where all everybody wants to work with the guy who's solving problems. How yes, can I bring value to you? That's what I'm taking away from today's episode. Uh, before we head out, because I want to make sure people get your information. I know we got your website scrolling at the bottom but uh, how do people get a hold of you and who's that ideal person that you want to work with? Yeah.
1: Um, so if you go to meetblackdwan.com, uh, you can block a time on our calendar, you know, sign up for our newsletter, invest in our, one of our, our, you know, investment opportunities that we have open. Um, there's just a, a ton of information that's uh, open to you there. Check out our course, Wh- whatever is going to bring value to you. And, and we love to just, yeah, to just have a 15 minute call with, with anybody that, that thinks they might, you know, uh, get value from, from having a conversation with us. I love that question of who's your ideal customer. I need to I remember that that question, that's a great one. So you know, our ideal customer is someone um who's maybe a working professional, uh just like my wife and I were before we were kind of doing full-time real estate. Maybe they have a tax problem we can uh, frequently, you know, wipe out people's taxes. You know, my wife and I, we have not paid income taxes in many years because of the the huge tax advantages that there are with real estate, um, and, and many of our investors, you know, they love the returns, they love the relationship, but they might decide how much to invest uh, just just so they can wipe out, you know, their their taxes for that year. So, oh, I've got you know X number of dollars of taxes here, so I need to invest this much to, to wipe out those uh, those taxes for the year. So, you know, it's a a minimum 100k to invest in many of our uh, investment opportunities. But really we're looking to build that relationship for the long term so if, uh, if you think you might be interested in uh one of our investment offerings um really you know all are welcome so check it out at uh meetblackswan.com
0: nick you're an evil person you don't pay income taxes man no oh, you're lined up there with like the trumps of the world no no it, it really comes down to that whole real estate thing man it's it's amazing the opportunities that are there. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of us fear that whole tax code thing, but when you learn the rules of the game, there are so Definitely. many opportunities in that space. I love uh, I love telling the story of, like when I have my students, for example, I always talk about Monopoly. I'm like, the first time you played Monopoly, I bet you sucked at it, right? You were not good at that game, but the second time you played now you had an opportunity to win and that's really because you understood the rules to the game and that's the thing about real estate there are so many great rules in the game of real estate that kind of go into tax laws i mean things like depreciation section 179 i mean all kinds of great stuff that you can utilize to help limit and minimize or even eliminate some of those tax liabilities i mean you definitely got to take advantage of that stuff and if you don't know what we're talking about that's why you need to go to meetblackswan.com and have that 15 minute conversation because 15 minutes can save you a ton on your taxes, not just on your insurance. So make sure you guys head over there, talk to Nick, go to meetblackswan.com. You never know if you got a building with no roof on it, he might help you out with that problem. I mean, he's already if you got, got a, got lot a problem. Of I'd love to help solve it. <laughs> exactly. All right, Nick, man, thank you very much for coming on the show, ladies and gents. One more time, meetblackswan.com. Scrolling across the bottom of the screen, meetblackswan.com. And he didn't say this, but his email address is nick at blackswanteam.com. You guys shoot him an email as well. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Nick, thanks again for being on the program. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro